0: Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening. From 6 to 7 p.m. As we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS
1: Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Mm. Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer, and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations.
0: Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, you know, it's Monday night. That's Raising Expectations Night, and we're certainly glad that you tune in. We look forward to seeing you each week, and tonight we've got a wonderful program set up for you. We have somebody you've been reading about because you have shared with me uh how much you appreciate it in his own words, a tremendous life, ministry, and... uh research especially this this man has done to help people everywhere we're going to introduce you in just a minute here but as we begin tonight we want to remind you that the reason we're here is to encourage you to hope that we can give you a great start for your week knowing that god loves you his son died for you he's coming again to get you and in the meantime He'll walk with you all through your day. So we are thankful for our our salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're grateful that he's here to work in your lives. And thanks for tuning in. So uh, I'm going to, again, share with you the the greatest group of people you could ever imagine. Uh, So many of you ask each week about them. So I'm going to start on the West Coast, which will be to my left. Actually, in the great state of California there, we've got Dr. Paul Hall, and he's coming to us live and direct, folks, from the metropolis of Lompolk, California. Very
2: good. Yeah, that's a ticket. That's where there's I'm a, from. Yeah. There's a lot
0: of history in Lompolk. You'd be surprised, right, Paul? Well, there's a ton of history. We're all over the map. Yeah. We've got it going on. We've got a Space Force Base. a a multi-level prison system, a wine ghetto, and pot dispensaries. We got it going. This is Longboat, California. (laughs) There you go. Everything right there, you can imagine it. One one thing you need. (laughs) There you go. Well, we're going to hear some about that tonight. At least that last part. I'm sure we'll get some good insight from Doc on that. So, so, uh, Paul is a retired pastor. He's a a professor. He's a Bible teacher. He's a friend to all, one and all. And he's been my friend for at least 50 years. And I love this guy. And so, look forward every week to what we're going to share next and what we're going to hear from him and what will be coming our way. So, so on, that's in California. Now, if we go all the way to the Southeast South, Southeast South, which is all the way back in Georgia, we have Steph Thayer and Dr. Craig Thayer. And uh, you know them. Stephanie's the one on my left. And you probably figured that out. And he's, yeah, there you go. This was the test you all passed. So Stephanie is uh, Mrs. Thayer and Dr. Craig Thayer, her husband there. She's the founder, she's the CEO of Quenching Wells. She, as we believe, is about the number one health specialist you'll find to help you get your body in shape, get your soul and mind on the Lord, and empower you to go through life with the plan he has for you. She works with, with her husband with literally countless people, helping them to get their health in order and to uh, get their spirits right with God. We appreciate her so much. And right to her left is her husband, Dr. Craig Thayer, who is, that's right, <laughs> and he is... Uh, he is a trauma surgeon and also an author. Now, next week, you tune in. We're going to talk about his book called Sane, which is a life story. His life story, which is pretty interesting. Where do you see the things that God did to turn the lights on for him to see where God was going to take him? I'm anxious to, to be a part of that next week as we look into that book. So uh, Tank is also a coach. He's a great dad. And uh, he's our brother in Christ. And uh, we got them both in the same room tonight, guys. Did you see that, Paul? They're in the same room. (laughs) That worked out really good. (laughs) That was better. So they're busy all over the place. And uh, so it's really exciting to see them, how they minister and work with their family and everybody else. So moving from the southeast, we move to the deep south, to the great state. We call it Central America, the state of Texas. And there in Texas, we have McKinney. We have one of our favorite pastors in the world, and that's Pastor Ron Greer from McKinney, Texas. And there he is, yes. And Ron is uh Ron's extremely shy, so pay attention when he comes on. So no. Ron is a great man of God. Ron's a great counselor. He works with Man in the Mirror based there in Florida. Ron has done just about everything in helping, learning, growing, and becoming a great tool in the hand of God to bless, particularly men. He's got a great family, but uh, he has an insight with men that helps them to understand who they are, where they've been, and why they were there, possibly. As they walk with God, they discover, wow, I've been prepared to do something great. He's a great guy. We love him. He's our brother in Christ, and uh, glad you're there, Ron. Yeah, all right. Good deal. All right. You're back. So tonight, Greetings from the
2: Republic of Texas.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> That's and he is a Cowboys fan, right? Yeah, okay, uh, okay. Whoa, I got that. They're my fans, they're fans of me,
3: though, so we're good. (laughs) Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) So, as long as you like USC, right, Craig? Uh, Sure, without my shirt, (laughs) yeah, right. So, well, back in USC land and Trojan land, kind of. uh, I'm really excited to share with you again, and everybody is so excited to have Doc back with us. I want to introduce to you in a moment, Dr. Robert Buckingham. He's going to be talking to us tonight from a wealth of experience, and uh, TJ's got a picture there of him, and he's going to be with us. Doc has has written his life. I found where he had written in his own words his call, his his medical background, what he has done to help people, and uh, at the same time... He has, uh, he's got, he put a new word to the Hippocratic Oath. I don't know any doctors today. He's my doctor too. And I'm so blessed that you can sit down with. He takes out a pad. He talks to you. He asks you how you are. He talks to you about where you've been and how things are going. And he shares with you from his vast medical experience, things that you could do to help yourself much in the health area, like Stefan does in, in her area. But uh, then he takes you down the road and follows you. Uh, I don't know many offices you can go in. Right now, I have some doctors. Maybe you guys do too. Uh, Craig has shared about that. I've never seen the doctor. I see him just before I go in for one of those south of the border uh, male type uh, <laughs> surgery things. Club your ears there, Steph. But anyway, when you go in for those, yeah, Colin Ock, thing. He uh that's the only time I ever saw him. <laughs> yeah, I hope he's a good doctor. But in any event, Doc is uh Doc's your friend and Doc is there. So without any further ado, we want to bring to you with the great right, excuse me, with the great round of applause, world famous Dr. Robert Buckingham, and he's going to share with us. Uh, from his experience tonight, there he is. You've seen this this week on all of our media, and we'll bring him on now. He's going to share with us addiction cycles and give us some great insight on addiction cycles. And here is the real Dr. Buckingham right there. We're so glad you're here, Doc. Welcome to Thank you. Expectations. Thank you. Amen.
1: <laughs> so uh, I, I get, think where I'd like to begin. By the way, I, I appreciate all you guys, and you know, when I come on here, it's the end of the day, it's been a long day. I could very easily feel uh, drained or diminished. But not with you guys. I feel alive. <laughs> I feel energized. I feel hope. I feel I feel like I'm I'm just starting the day. So this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's amazing tell. how this how the Holy Spirit rejuvenates.
2: Amen.
1: Amen. Amen.
2: I bet you're still in your office, aren't you? I am. Yeah. Yeah. I could tell by the lights when you had your phone camera pointing up, I go, that's an office light. <laughs> that's it.
1: This is you too. Anyway. Where do you guys want me to start with this? Uh, this, is a, this is a dangerous topic. I mm. well,
2: we
0: want, want to make sure you have all the time you need. So uh, anywhere you feel... I, we wrote, I, I found that wonderful article on you and I just put that up and I've had people checking all week. Uh, they really appreciated your life story there and the things that you've done. And uh, so anywhere you want to start where we are, Doc, that'd be fun. Well,
1: first of all, I, you know, in, in, if you read my books and if you know anything about me, I I basically say that uh, cell health is counterbalanced Uh, It's found in a dance step rhythm, and uh, it is found in anti-inflammatory multi-purpose. Well, there are certain behaviors that we that we can elicit that are actually good behaviors. If we if we develop good habits, uh, this will enhance the capacity of our cells to be counterbalanced and to be healthy. Now these. So-called good habits are in, usually intentional. That is, these are things that we need to consciously participate in on a daily basis to fuel our health. Examples mm-hmm. might be exercising in the morning, uh, finding time to pray or read the Bible, <coughs> uh, eating uh, a solid meal at noon, and a and a good meal at dinner going to bed at the right time say 10 o'clock at night getting up at the right time in the morning not not uh, uh, waking up too frequently at night or going to the bathroom or or being disrupted at night all of these are rhythms that that we have to be intentional about these are good habits and what they do is that they they create uh healthy rhythms in our body healthy anti-inflammatory rhythms that will actually prevent illness and support end-organ cell function. Mm. Now, at the same time, we can do things to ourselves that are contrarian to our our cellular health, Mm. and they are typically found in addictive behaviors. And these addictive behaviors, in contrast to good habits— which are intentional, that is, we actually consciously induce them, many of the addictive behaviors that we're involved with are reactive, or they're subliminal, or that they involve a craving that we may not even be aware of until we actually start processing it. So addictions that are bad for us are typically more stealth. There are typically uh, situations that uh, involve pleasure followed by pain. Uh, There are typically things that we may not be uh, proud of or happy with. Uh, But there are things that we use to support ourselves or we think we need to support ourselves in our daily living. (laughs) Examples of addictions, for example, might be sugar uh, Mm -hmm. or salt that we might eat. An issue might it might be something that we might think oh what's wrong with a little piece of cake or a a cookie or some candy or maybe a little bowl of ice cream or something of that nature but then that reverberates and before you know it you're getting subliminal cravings for more of the same so before you know it you're having uh, uh maybe breakfast cereal for for breakfast and uh Uh, Maybe some bread with uh, peanut butter and jelly for lunch, and then uh, for dinner you might have some rice and uh, maybe a piece of uh, dessert or something of that nature. So it kind of reverberates and follows itself. Uh, These addictions can then turn on to other addictions. For example, you might find an interest in drinking alcohol or wine as a as a byproduct of that sugar addiction Mm -hmm. that you had. So now all of a sudden, now the sugar is. Kind of uh, extrapolated into drinking maybe some alcohol or some juices or Cokes or Pepsi's or uh, maybe even some spirits. So you can see that this process reverberates and gets and can enlarge very quickly. And a lot of this is subliminal. We're, we're just thinking, you know, what's wrong with a little glass of this or a little piece of that? And it's really fueling additional behaviors. Uh, hours, hours in front of it. So that's an example of how sugar can become reverberating. The Mm. same can be true with salt. Uh, You know, you start salting your food or maybe having a little canned soup. And before you know it, you're kind of routinely salting your food and, and, and finding more interest in canned goods or maybe even salty foods. The problem with these things is that they increase vascular inflammatory free radicals in our bloodstream which then get into our interstitial spaces and create chronic inflammatory changes within those spaces, which then interfere with end organ function. Mm -hmm. The other problem with them is that they tend to breed other addictions. So before you know it, the sugar response, and by the way, everyone who has sugar, you know, there's some pleasure in the processing of the sugar. You enjoy it when it goes down, it tastes good. It makes you feel good, at least initially. And then uh, it, that creates a powerful de- uh, urge and desire to do it again. Uh, and it, by the way, with sugar, it doesn't necessarily have to be the, uh, something sweet. It could be some bread. It could be, uh, like I said, it could be alcohol. It could be uh, uh, maybe some rice or potatoes or comfort food. In other words, it begats itself and it, it, it's many splendor. It can create a, a lot of different types of sugar cravings if you will. that's what makes sugar very dangerous. <laughs> so how does this how does this uh, this kind of craving extrapolate into other addictions? So we've seen it seen how it might involve alcohol but then uh, as you might well guess, sugar creates inflammation inflammation creates pain inflammation creates fatigue. So now you're having more achiness and more uh, maybe some some trouble with your muscles or your joints. What do you do? You're looking for some help with pain management. So now you're thinking, well, maybe I'll try an uh, an anti-inflammatory like ibuprofen or naproxen or uh, maybe even an opioid. <laughs> now you're now you're moving in that direction of of mm. using uh, another type of drug or another. Uh, Another type of something that influences you. So you can see how this extrapolates into more and more, uh, let's say, subliminal urges and desires to get into complex polypharmacy and things that you weren't interested in to begin with. Hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. What do you think, folks?
0: Yeah,
3: go, go, Steph! A yeah. <laughs> we noise got me to off alien, guard. Yeah. We went
4: to Alien Planet, and then I just saw Ron's face because I think he heard the same thing I heard. Did you? <laughs> Your computer did.
3: It <laughs> oh, okay. felt uh, yeah. like a, a, motor, a motorbike or a car, car engine or something. There for yeah. it, it wasn't. Yeah, that was. I'm a thinking, lot you know, of
2: <laughs> yeah, that just went that went by my front window.
3: Okay. Oh, he did it? Oh, okay.
0: Runner, all right. <laughs> I'm so
4: sorry.
0: Stephanie, what do you oh, think about hard. that? Yeah, he's what he's been saying. Ladies first.
4: <laughs> well, Dr. Haskell, yes, yes, I, yes. I mean, you're preaching to the choir, you know. I, <laughs> yeah. I see this all the time. And I was actually just on a call for clients before this. We do it every Monday. And We were talking about sugar and how addictive it is. And if you look at the brain scans of your brain on cocaine and sugar, it's more pronounced with sugar, but it's so, I know I'm sorry, Ron, I do love the fudge, but it is um, so pronounced and it does lead to all kinds of problems and exactly what you're seeing. I I see it every single day. And uh, we look for one thing that makes us feel good. Then we look for another thing that masks some other thing, right? And you just go down this deeper and deeper hole that
3: ultimately doesn't serve us. So, yeah. Doc, uh, what, I have a question also. Uh, explain to people why you mentioned alcohol, which is sugar addiction. What, what's the correlation there? Because I, I mentioned, I mentioned, I guess most people don't get that at all.
1: So alcohol is a, is a simple sugar. It's a diethyl alcohol. So when you, when you're, when you're in the sugar realm, uh, alcohol sugars, sorbitol, uh, sucrose, glucose, fructose, galactose, maltose, all of those sugars are subliminally interacting with one another. And create a kind of an interventional craving for each other. Mm. For example, if you're eating fructose and you have, let's say you've had some fructose, let's say some fruit cocktail. Mm. Uh, Mm. Over the next three or four hours, if you see a glass of wine or some alcohol in front of you, you're going to be more inclined to sip on that or a Coke or uh, maybe some fruit juice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> depending on what's offered to you, mm. uh, and it's subliminal
2: mm-hmm.
1: because it involves the pleasure and the craving that was created by the fruit cocktail. Mm. The same could happen if you're, let's say you're having pancakes and you're putting on the, the syrup, mm. uh, which is basically a, a sugar load. Uh, that will create subliminal urges <clears throat> over the next several hours that will, that will process to your brain, I want more of this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: it doesn't have to be more pancake it doesn't have to be more syrup it could be oh i'll have a glass of wine or i'll have a piece of cake or i'll have a cookie mm. or i'll have a couple of slices of bread with jelly on it or in other words this is what makes sugar processing difficult because it 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 crosses many different food groups and it doesn't necessarily have to be sweet And it might be something you might eat or drink. There's a lot of variability here. But the the, the commonality to all of it is it involves simple sugars, Mm -hmm. not complex carbohydrates, but simple sugars, sorbitol, alcohol, fructose, sucrose, glucose, maltose, and galactose, and lactose. All of those sugars are intertwined in this – Simple sugar addiction rhythm.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, interestingly, in the sports medicine literature, you know, there's a 14-page paper on hydration in the sports and what sport needs to do and outdoor temperature, etc. But if you have difficulty drinking <laughs> water, if you flavor the water, sweeten it, not necessarily with a, with a sugar, but with anything that will sweeten it, artificial sweeteners, You'll drink more, so it operates not by a glucose, insulin, peak trough response, but actually pl- pleasure center in your brain that takes more pleasure in drinking something with flavor. So mm. you'll drink more, and that's true with uh, just water and athletes, but it's true with us. You know, you drink.
1: By the way, what you point out is very, very interesting, uh, and that's the issue of sugar substitutes. Mm. And, uh, and, uh, and essentially the sugar substitute is actually worse uh, than the actual sugar itself in terms of creating more craving for sweet and sugar hmm. so you end up with uh, you you might think that if you're having a sugar substitute you're eating less calories but you're actually craving more sugar and more sugar like products so if you have a diet code for example it's more likely you're going to have an extra Hamburger, uh, if you're eating fast food, uh, or maybe even a, a milkshake or, or something of that. In other words, the, the, the diet side of it is a misnomer. It's actually causing you to eat and drink more rather than less.
3: You, you're killing me, Doc. You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> My flavor... So my favorite water, my sweet flavor water, okay.
2: no sugar.
4: There are some good products out there, but they're a lot more expensive. Like you can find stevia and you can find monk fruit, but pretty much what's readily available is the bad stuff. It kills your oh, biome. It makes you want more. It's horrible.
2: Yeah. Oh, gracious. Sad.
0: Sad. I uh- I was looking at stevia, stevia, stevia that we were using uh, for a long time, thinking that was okay, and trying to weave around, and Doc, I think it was three days ago, the Cleveland Heart Clinic, and I guess that's a pretty astounding place in and of its own right, brought out, I'm going to say this wrong, and you and Tank are going to say, boy, he sure slaughtered that word, it'll be true, but I think it's erythrinol, or is that it?
1: Erythrinol? Erythrinol is sweet. Resveratrol.
0: That was the one. At least I got through the door. You had to open it. That was it. <laughs> That's the one. And uh, that they are now finding that that has caused blockage in uh, in testing. And and the doctor said himself, I have told my patients, he's a Cleveland Heart fellow, what do you think of this Your input maybe? If you've got to sweeten something, don't use it much, but use a teeny bit of regular sugar and just don't use it anymore. He said, but this this all these sweeteners they're going to be worse than the sugar or learn to drink your coffee black
1: was the comment. Well, with all due respect, uh, a lot of these sugar substitutes are like aspartame. All mm-hmm. uh, A lot of these are artificial sweeteners. When you talk about stevia mm-hmm. leaf, that is actually an herbal leaf that has a sweet taste to it. So it's, if you eat the leaf itself, it's a complex carbohydrate that actually has some built in, uh, sweetness to it, that is going to probably be your best bet in, mm-hmm. in terms of sweetening something. It's the artificial sweeteners that are the real malignancy here. Mm. So, so what, which, uh, which, which are the uh,
3: probably most common artificial sweeteners?
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Oh, so aspartame, aspartame. You all the time right and then okay. Splenda, which kills half of your healthy bug guts and so i always tell people that do that i mean it's better than aspartame but it's you need to make sure you're having a probiotic but this study i actually looked it up what you're what you mentioned pastor joe and um erythritol is sometimes a binder that's in mm-hmm. some of these <laughs> healthy products and so you have to look monk fruit is also a plant right so is stevia but if it's been mixed with something else now you have to be concerned and a lot of that goes back to the keto craze right so Mm. there's a lot of marketing that goes behind like sugar-free no carbs it's whatever and i laugh i'm like this thing has always been no carbs or whatever (laughs) just follow the marketing and the money most of the time because that will answer your question
2: One of the the tricks that the yogurt industry uses is they'll say low fat or 2%, you know, fat, or they get the same number of calories, they add carbs.
4: They add sugar.
1: One of the things that I need to stress here about sugar, and I'd like to maybe touch on some of the other addictions, Mm -hmm. but uh, sugar uh, is most commonly Uh, not recognized in our so-called refined white flour products that you find in, for example, uh, cornbread, fritos, Cheetos, um, snack foods, crackers. Uh, These foods are typically not thought by many people uh, as being uh, sugar-loaded, but they are essentially all sugar and all and or all salt or both. And so these are the products that are probably the most toxic of all, uh, next to the fructose. Now I, I bring this up and I'm going to just, I'm going to tell you something. I've been doing this a while and I've seen more pancreatic cancer in the last five years. And I saw in the, in the previous, Oh, I'd say the previous 35 years of practice. Wow. And, mm. You have to ask the question: Why? Why is this happening? Hmm. Why are so many people getting pancreatic cancer? I happen to think that it has something to do with the refined white flour products that we are eating, and whatever, whatever's in those products that is giving them their prolonged shelf life. Whatever hmm. in those products that is uh, that the the ants and other insects won't touch. Uh, mm-hmm. What it, whatever's in these products that uh, are 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 keeping them on the shelf for, for years, uh, mm-hmm. this is this is part of the reason why our pancreases are getting poisoned and we're developing cr- pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to bring that up that that these refined white flour products that we're we're mm-hmm. snacking on are probably the most dangerous of all of the simple sugars. Hmm. Oh, wow. I
4: like to say something about this. So, you know, I, I do a lot of social media and I make reels, which are just short videos. And I did a whole series on the glycemic index. And I said, let's compare table sugar, which is a 65. That just means how quick you doctors can correct me if I say it wrong, how quick your body changes it into sugar, basically in those two hours, like how it affects your body, blood levels. Level. So you're... Of table sugar, like just go get baking sugar, 65. It's a 65. Most of the cereals on the market are in 81. Wow. So most parents are giving their kids a cereal and feeding them off. literally give them a bowl of sugar, oh and that my. would be better. And then we wonder why they tell us all of our kids have ADD. I mean, honestly, it's ridiculous. Rice is a Oh, Boy, have you, have
1: you, you've hit the nail right on the head. Amen.
4: Yeah. Amen. So, Good
1: process. We
4: hold on. I'm not done. I'm not done.
2: Sorry, rice
4: is (laughs) free now. You can get better rices, brown rice and sprouted rice. Pasta is a 49 to a 61, unless you overcook it. The longer you cook it, the more it becomes a sugar. And almost everyone overcooks it, they don't leave it al dante. And so it's worse than table Mm. sugar. I know, Ron. It's charging.
3: I'm going to mute you guys. (laughs)
4: Okay, This is the part that's heartbreaking. This is also the food that's inexpensive and readily available to lower socioeconomic. Right. So they're literally eating worse than sugar all day long.
3: Well, I'm I'm glad you raised that issue uh, on that point. Uh, One (laughs) of the uh, sort of normal. I don't know how to say it, but one of the widespread problems among. A lot of my relatives and folks, I traffic in inner city areas and low income areas. It's just that. I mean, the things that the blood pressure, diabetes, ADD supposedly, I mean, it's just rampant. And, and again, you go back to the idea of, well, OK, what's going on there? You know, it's the idea of buying low cost. Um, uh, you want to get a lot of stuff, for you a little to a small amount of money. The, the, the things they eat are horrible because they're cheap. And you would think that someone would say, Well, here's the deal. Instead of killing you all off, how about we sell you something, fresh fruit and those sorts of things at a lower price? But you, you can't find it. You can't find it. And if you can't get outside those communities, uh, it's like they're trapped. It's it's well it's there's so something
1: difficult. else that there's something else that you need to share. The fact of it is that these foods that we're talking about are uh, uh, and by the way, when you live in a in a low income s- situation or you're down and out, you're feeling a lot of m- maybe psychological depression. These foods are comfort mm-hmm. foods. Comfort they food. they yes. give you a kind of a short term feeling of comfort. Absolutely, mm-hmm. people yes. like them for that reason. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. like, uh, by the way, there are cheaper alternatives, but these 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 foods we're talking about they're they're preferred because. They 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 promote comfort. Mm-hmm. When you yes. go in and have a Big Mac and some fries and a milkshake, mm-hmm. you're feeling comfort. You're feeling comfort from that.
4: Yeah, it loves you.
1: Yes,
2: <laughs>
3: it's not <only this> <laughs> <laughs> Well, here, well here's, here's another one I I have, Doc. Uh, so I, you mentioned a pancreatic pancreatic cancer. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned it. that's one of my questions. We've had a number. of Two friends in particular die, and then because they're involved in treatment, you start seeing it all over the place. And so at one time, I think, well, I'm not in the field, so I wouldn't know. It just seems like it to me so at this higher level of them going up. But the other one is addictions, period. Uh, drug addiction, uh, uh, medication, addiction to certain uh, prescription drugs, uh, it just illicit drugs. It seems to be off the charts now compared to what it was. And I was an EMT for 19 years, and I've never seen it, either one of those things, as high as I have, I have now. So what what, what would you be your, your estimation of why that is?
1: Well, like I said, I think it starts with sugar, and it starts with sugar from very, very young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I think the sugar, as you, one thing you might learn from addictions is that they tend to beget other addictions, So sugar goes to alcohol, um, alcohol may go to cigarettes. Um, uh, sometimes when I mentioned pain, uh, that then goes to opioids. Uh, (laughs) one of the things that happens when you start drinking and smoking is that you become anxious. Uh, you develop anxious because you're having feelings of of perhaps some withdrawal Mm -hmm. to combat that. Um, you, you oftentimes turn to anxiolytics like uh, alprazolam or uh, Xanax or Valium uh, sometimes uh, and then you get hooked on those. Uh, sometimes people uh, who are who have done drugs, for example, have smoked marijuana or have done alcohol, uh, might find themselves requiring something. Uh, to process more of a stimulatory effect so they they might start working with uh, amphetamines yeah. and now methamphetamine in fact smoked crack is is one of the most dangerous and most commonly used drugs uh, uh, in the street now yeah. so uh, I think they're all interrelated i think they're all yeah. interconnected and I think one once you start doing drugs you it kind of breaks down your 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 reserve, and you you just kind of go all in. Yeah. So uh, it's not uncommon when I take a history of someone who's, for example, done uh amphetamines. Oh, they've also done heroin. They've done a little, if they've got money, they've done a little cocaine. Uh, in other words, it just kind of begats itself. It just kind of spreads out. Yeah. And uh, typically, these people are anxious, so they want something for anxiety. And they want something for pain. They've they've got a, a much lower pain threshold uh than than most of us do. So it's it becomes polychemical and uh it does mess up the brain badly.
2: I think another reason, Ron, is uh idle hands get into trouble. And society now is not a it's not agricultural. It's it's you know, fast food, right? So and like we had, work for our food. we had to work for our food, you know, <laughs> till dawn and dark. Right. Um you couldn't do a lot of things. So yeah. Yeah. now we now that everything's too easy. Hmm.
3: I I think you're right in there too. I really do. Uh, another interesting point you mentioned uh uh drug addicts. Um I, I still one of the things that fascinated me back to the day where we first got involved, uh you meet with groups and here are all the guys are. Recovering from alcoholism or drug addiction, and you walk into the room, open a door, and there's a huge cloud of smoke to roll
2: out the door. <laughs> coffee, <laughs> coffee, and, and cigarettes,
1: and sugar. And
2: sugar.
3: You always you're walking in, there and you're going, okay, so so one addiction is bad. We just got to get another addiction to get them up. That one, which I I just it just it's boggles my brain back in the day. Because it's like you walk in a room of addicts, and you're helping them with other addictions at the same time. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. No, it's
1: your your point is extremely. You, we substitute uh, a legal addiction for something that is uh, socially for something that was less socially acceptable. Right. So uh, the idea there is that if you're drinking a coke or or having a bunch of cookies, uh, you know you're you're not going to be affecting yourself as badly as maybe if you're uh, drinking alcohol to excess or doing something else yeah. and uh well whereas there may be some truth to that there's also some it's a double edged sword because you're end right. up you're end up giving yourself diabetes right right Well,
4: and Ron, this one's a little bit healthier, but I know you've mentioned it. And I resemble this remark as well is, you know, the gym working out, like all kinds of things can become an addiction. And my sort of philosophy is, well, it's going to end up somewhere. And I (laughs) guess that's a better place for me to put it than some other places.
1: Well, um, Well, this is what I started at the very beginning. I said that there are there are good habits. There are good yeah. rhythms and there are yeah. bad habits and there are bad rhythms. Good rhythms require intentionality. It requires us to make these decisions yes. uh, from a perspective of being intentional.
2: Mm.
1: The bad habits that we get ourselves locked into are oftentimes subliminal, mm. they're oftentimes reactive, mm-hmm. they're oftentimes based upon uh, pleasure and pain responses that we may not have much control over or we or, or we don't think we do. Mm-hmm. So uh there there are differences. The good habits generally are more intentional uh and they're and they're more inclined to be uh good for us. The bad habits are more subliminal, they're more reactive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They tend to be um re, uh, tend to be more reflexive right. uh towards pain and pleasure response. Mm-hmm.
2: The, the other observation I've made a, a lot with what's step Health coaching is it doesn't matter what energy source, whether it's carb, not so much protein probably, but definitely carbs and fats, you eat, overeat what you expend, you're going to store it, and now the leading cause of liver transplants in America is not cirrhosis from hepatitis or from alcohol or from fatty liver disease, so the liver stores the fat, and it's highly inflammatory, mm. wow. which is exactly what i wow. are talking about with free radicals mm. You know, and there's science out there about talking about, you know, the fasting and, and um, longevity. that Maybe it's a chance at night for your brain and all the other cells to clean up all the junk it's made during the day. And I did a little research on that, you know. That study was based off of um, fruit flies. <laughs> Be careful! So, no joke. So, <laughs> they have the same uh, circadian, meaning sleeping pattern that we do, but they only live for 31 days. So it's kind of hard to say they okay. live longer. <laughs> they only live for 31 days. But that was- by the way,
1: I, I would I would like to discuss uh, a, a little bit more about addictions. So the main thing about addictions is that they reduce. Uh, they obviously increase craving, but they reduce. Um, they they bring us they bring us to a different consciousness about life. We we let our guard down a little bit more. We tend to take a little more chance. We tend to be a little more ri- maybe practice a little more risky behavior. Yeah. So when we're involved with some of these addictions and we let our guard down, I know alcohol is a kind of a classic, but mm-hmm. it could also be with cocaine or <clears throat> opioids. Uh, we let our guard down and before you know it you know we're we may be subjecting ourselves to pornography or uh gambling or we might become a shopaholic uh or, or we might be doing some other things to ourselves that are that are are further increasing our our social isolation and maybe even our depression so uh, the issue with with addiction cycles is that they they tend to become polygamous in terms of developing other addiction rhythms, mm-hmm. and uh, that's why they—that's why this whole process becomes very, very dangerous.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. So, 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 the addiction is basically
1: feeding, feeding, creating more, feeding more. It's, you get stuck in the cycle. You say, I think so, and you—you right. you basically develop subliminal cravings, but also mm-hmm. uh, you let your guard down. And right. all of a sudden, now after having six donuts, uh, you know maybe you're interested in moving on to something else. So, right. I, I think that's the problem here. You you end up uh, developing a a multi addiction portfolio that becomes very dangerous.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well,
1: I I I I will say also,
3: uh, it's, a, it's a subject close to my heart. Uh, so two brothers, uh, drug addiction for years, uh, eventually both died, uh, partly a consequence of their, their their use over the years. I have uh, two nieces that also died of uh, drug overdoses. Um, and then another uncle who uh, just died, two uncles in particular, but one recently uh, of drug related uh, issues, also addiction related. So it's one of those, uh, uh, one of those. Um, you know poignant issues with my family. It's, uh, it's one of the issues that one of the reasons to say I I don't touch or get anywhere near alcohol. It, it has run rampant in my family for, for generations. So yeah, it, it's uh, yes. the things you mentioned is that it, it is it it is that cyclical thing, and, it's, and I think one of the shortfalls of treatment back in the day was that no one no one looked at us as, as being cyclical. You know that we focus on one thing or two things. And then it missed the rest of it. And then everybody you know, six, eight months, a year clean, two years clean. And all of a sudden, like our brother was four years clean. And then he just goes on a binge and no one could figure it out at all. Like how would he how why would you do that? How does it happen? And it happened a number of times. It's mainly because they, they didn't address the sick, the cycle. They only we only addressed parts
1: of it itself. Yeah, yeah there are definitely triggers. Uh, and those have to be understood uh, because if you get yourself into a certain behavioral situation where uh, you're feeling stress or you're feeling anxiety or you're feeling like you need comfort,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you might you might dive back in. <clears throat> That's why you have to have strategies to cope uh, against that. And someone here mentioned exercise. Uh, you, you know, when you, when you talk about good habits, remember they have to be intentional, right. uh, and they have to be, they have to be thought out. Whereas these, uh, addiction cycles, they're more or less knee jerk. I need pleasure now and I'm, I'm going to go get it. Right. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's harder to combat that. You have to have, yeah. you have to have a, a uh, an intentional strategy. Mm.
3: Mm-hmm i was going to jump in again, but I'm, I'll, look, I'll wait for Paul. Hey.
0: <laughs> no, go ahead. Jump in again, Ron.
3: I had another mm-hmm. confession. I think I shared it before, uh, but Marquette University established a sports medicine thing, one of the first ones back in 77, somewhere in there. And this young uh, ex-Marine, ex-inmate, was uh, one of the first guys a part of the group because he was addicted to running and weightlifting, uh, literally went through therapy, uh, uh muscle relaxers and some dr- other drug treatments to get me off, off of it. I literally could not, uh, miss a day running without becoming physically ill. I mean, actually, uh, puking, <laughs> if I could, couldn't sleep, couldn't sit still, I would get sick. And eventually you know, some guy, uh, advised me to go, said, I think you're addicted to it. I'm going, that's pretty stupid.
2: <laughs> and sure
3: enough, <laughs> As a, as a sideline. <laughs> um,
1: so what you're really talking about there is running for hours at a time on a daily basis, and that is dangerous. Yeah, twice is there, a day, you
3: know, five miles a day.
1: Yeah, see, <laughs> when we talk about exercise, uh, you know, we're talking uh, the healthy level of exercise is anywhere from uh, 40 minutes to an hour a day. Mm. Uh, it's not hours in the day. Mm. Uh and it it it's not this this guy has gone he went over the top basically. Yeah. Uh so uh I, I guess you can get too much of a good thing. But <laughs> what happened there, if you are you familiar with the runner's high?
3: Yeah, that yeah. that was that it's, was one of the one they explained to me because it was the one of the thing I always longed for. I it's you get that second win, get that high, yeah. and it's like I can run forever. At that point,
1: I think that's probably what this guy was was looking for. He was looking for right. that. No, that was me. That was me. Guy. That
3: was me. And here's another here's another crazy thing. Right, I ran most of the time. I ran around combat boots, which oh, which my. is why my knees are still damaged this way.
1: <laughs> well, you were back in the day when combat boots didn't have uh, the right art support in them at all <laughs> so, uh, yeah you're, you're gonna definitely feel that <laughs> oh sorry about that
3: but yeah it, it was it was again it, it was uh and when i when they finally kind of walked me through it it really was it was like a drug uh you get that second wind and your brain become brighter and lighter and the breathing was no issue anymore i could literally run five six six miles sometimes seven miles even you know, it's just, twice did it's freezing. Twice a day.
0: Well, Doc, we're gonna take a hundred and twenty oh. second break here of 120 oh. seconds we need for Steph to share a word. A That's
4: a long word. I hope I don't take two minutes. Well, you're good. We appreciate you guys being on here and hanging out with us every week. Uh we always try to have a good time and laugh and learn something and go out and love on other people with what we've learned. Um, You can follow us at bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations. You can learn about each one of the co-hosts and see past um, show notes and recordings. And then you can also donate. The top left has a little orange button. We appreciate anything that you can give. There isn't anything too small or too large. And if you're having problems with the technology, there's instructions there on how to contact Pastor Joe and a really important thing that I would like to point out, I have never gotten a runner's high, ever. I believe it's a lot. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right, well, there yeah, oh, we go. <laughs>
0: well, thanks, Steph, and uh, we get you to check in on that. That'd be great. And. Uh, <laughs> did uh <laughs> that was good Runners, so i used to be a miler in high school actually i got down to four minutes 18 418 miles oh whoa, whoa and i couldn't whoa, do that what? in four hours and 18 minutes now
2: okay <laughs> so I'll, I'll confess with you, Ron. i uh <laughs> three two and a half summers because i got i said no more the plus third the third summer. Uh, I would swim from six to eight. I would play water polo from eight to ten, same pole. And then I get out in the one thirty to three thirty. In between I'd ride our bikes around and play tag on our bikes and then would get in the pool again at one thirty to three thirty and then you know, for water polo and then swim again from four to four thirty to six thirty at night. And Uh-oh. somebody asked me once, how many miles is it? How far did you swim? I like, well, go. <laughs> 24 miles a day. That's I amazing. You ready for the English, English channel? <laughs> you can do Doc. That's why I was 6'4", 100, 116 pounds.
4: not
2: pinned. Is he up there?
4: Is, yeah. Uh,
0: that hey, was up. He must have taken a break there. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Doc, we got our commercial in. We were going to have you singing it, but...
2: Uh... <laughs> okay,
4: I was going to You seeing
2: a patient. Yeah. Okay.
4: So there he we, is, there he is. <laughs> how do we stop this? Or yes. how do we prevent
2: yes.
0: this? Yes. Let's close out. we got four minutes. To close this out on it. What can we so do to stop
1: The this? most important thing is, in my opinion, is that we teach our young people uh, as soon as we can how dangerous these addiction cycles are. Mm. And uh, this should... I mean, if we can't get it in the schools, we should get it in the churches. We need to start telling our young people how these, how dangerous, you know, this can start out innocently and And, you just have to be aware of how sugar can, can become a very dangerous and addictive polychemical substance. And uh, it starts with education and it starts early. Now, if we're an adult and we're trying to get through some of this, what I tell all of my people uh, in my office and in my books, it's about rhythms and it's about how you manage your life. So, in addition to staying away from salt, sugar, alcohol, and drugs, uh, tobacco, uh, hmm. you know, finding yourself in the right rhythm helps. Getting to bed uh, at ten o'clock at night. I've got patients who simply Look at me like, are you kidding me? I can't get to bed at 10. This is where it starts, 10 o'clock at night, Uh, not 2 in the morning or 4 in the morning. Getting up at 5, 5.30, 6 in the morning, uh, finding a little time to exercise, uh, first thing. Uh, If you're overweight uh, and not a diabetic, skip breakfast and have a 12 noon lunch and 6 p.m. dinner. Uh, mm. avoid the simple carbs and the refined carbs. What I tell my patients to drink is maybe a cup of coffee for, bre- uh, for, for breakfast or, or in the morning, some water for lunch and maybe some tea at night, but, uh, stay away from the juices and the alcohol and, and uh, the Cokes and the, and the, and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, it, it can be done. But if you don't give, if you don't go all in with the diet and you don't go all in with the sleep and you don't go all in with the exercise, uh, if you leave two of those things out or maybe all of them out, you're, you're going to be, it's going to be really, really hard to uh, get rid of some of the stuff. You Amen. have to, you have to have the right rhythms.
0: Amen. So you could, that's a good way to do it. Particularly when we get older, it's a little harder, but it feels good once we get it going. Once we get that cycle started the right way. Doc, we sure want to thank you for being with us tonight. We've got like one minute here and uh, we just want you to know how much we appreciate you and we pray for you. And I look forward to seeing you soon. And we know... Uh, we loved reading about you. We know that God has used you and is using you now and maybe one of the greatest ways ever from the experience you have in helping people. Thanks for being on our show. And thanks for being our friend. And thanks for sharing from your heart with each of us. We really God appreciate God bless you
1: it. all. God bless you. Amen. Okay. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you. Thank you we'll see good you night. soon, okay? Talk to you right. later.
3: Good night, sir. I feel, I feel deeply hey convicted, but thank you in a way. <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> he's a little convicted, Ron is, but he still thinks he's you. convicted.
4: But we need a celery stick, Ron.
0: We okay. a celery stick, yeah, Ron. <laughs> you have a great right. evening and a great right. tomorrow, okay? All right. Love you guys. Love hey, you
3: guys. Love you all. Thanks, I'm going to clean out my, my, my cabinet now.
0: Friends, thanks for joining us on this week's program of raising expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous, but most of all uplifting so that we may with you one topic at a time each week become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom. It can be a great future as we talk, Listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556. Or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you, and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS
3: Radio Network.